is not how you start, it's how you finish. And I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible who had a horrible start, but he had an incredible turnaround. And I believe the same thing can and will happen for some of you today. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. Let's look at this man's story. It says, Acts 3 verse 1, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave, him his, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. This man was so crippled, the Bible says somebody had to carry him to the temple, carry him back and forth. He could not walk himself. And not only was he crippled, but he was, he was broke. He had to go to the temple every day to beg. He had to beg just to put food in his stomach. I mean, I mean, how many of you realize that life can be hard? That life can be unfair. Some of you are crippled as well in this place, and you can relate to this man. Some of you, you're not crippled physically, but you're crippled emotionally. You're crippled mentally. You're crippled spiritually. Some of you watching online around the world, you're crippled relationally. And you find yourself crippled. And, and the interesting thing about being crippled is this. Sometimes people are crippled and it's their fault. Some of you are crippled today and it, it's your fault. Maybe it's a, it's a bad decision that you made and you find yourself in a crippled condition. Perhaps it was you got on drugs at a point in your life or on drugs now and you find yourself crippled in life. Maybe it was financially you made some bad decisions financially and you find yourself financially crippled. Maybe you've, you've walked out on God and just kind of said, God, I don't have time. And you find yourself in the middle of a pig pen in life as you've walked out on God and spiritually you're empty and you're searching for answers and you find yourself crippled today. Maybe it was engaging in sex outside of marriage and, and today relationally you're, you're, you're crippled. Sometimes people are crippled and it's their fault. There are times that people are crippled and it's not their fault. Some of you fall into that category. Perhaps it was a dysfunctional home you grew up in. And it was so much dysfunction and so much chaos and so much fighting and arguing. Maybe dad and mom abandoned you and, and you find yourself relationally crippled, emotionally crippled because of childhood. Perhaps it was you were abused as a, as a kid. It was not your fault and you were abused and you find yourself crippled today because of the abuse that you feel. Maybe it was a, a rape and you, you, you were raped and, and you find yourself today crippled and, and heartbroken and, and searched for answers and emotionally you feel like a wreck and you're you're crippled 
today, perhaps your spouse had an affair on you. It wasn't your fault. And you're crippled. Maybe your spouse up and left you, left the kids. It wasn't your fault. And today you stand, you sit in this place, and you are, are crippled. And you can be crippled so long, you begin to think there's no hope. The Bible says this man was crippled from birth. That, that's all he's ever known is being crippled. That, that's all he knows. He's been crippled from birth. And, and you look at this guy, and when he was in elementary school and all the other kids were out playing soccer and out running, he was crippled and he couldn't do it. He had to watch his friends in middle school and high school get to run and play basketball and have a good time. And he sat there crippled. I mean, this is his life when all of his friends were going off to college and going to pursue their dreams and, and going to pursue their goals in life. He was home crippled. I guess I'll spend the rest of my life this way. This is all I've ever known is, is being crippled. And what I love about this story is this man had an incredible turnaround. How many know with the help and the power of Jesus Christ, you can have a turnaround today? You might be crippled since birth, but you can have a turnaround today. And I want to give you three keys from this man's life, three keys to a turnaround. Three keys to a turnaround. Number one is this, put yourself in the right environment the right environment. One of the things that I admire about this man is that he was tenacious. He, he did not give up on life. Can I tell you, it would have been easy for him just to throw in the towel. He couldn't take care of himself. He couldn't walk. People had to carry him around. I mean, it would have been easy for him to say, forget this. I just give up. I got to beg just to eat. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to give up. But, but, but this man didn't quit. He went to the temple every day. Everybody shout every day. I want you to care. He went to the temple every day. He, he, he was crippled, but he kept going. Can, can I tell you something about experiencing a turnaround? Well, well, one of the, one of the keys to experiencing a turnaround is you can't quit. You can't give up. Some of you, I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to somebody online right now. You're ready to quit. You're ready to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel. And this man could have quit. He was crippled. He was broke. He had to beg. He could have said, forget it. But no, every day, he said, I'm still going. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I like how Winston Churchill said it. He said, never, never, never give up. Never give up. The darkest hour is right before the dawn. It may be dark, but you have no idea how close you might be. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare throw in the towel. He was crippled. Not only did he not quit, but, he, but this man put himself in the right environment. He was crippled all of his life. But I want you to know he, he didn't go looking for answers in the bar. He didn't go looking for answers in the club. He didn't go looking for answers at the party. The Bible says this man, he went to the church house every day. So the old boy had some pretty good sense, didn't he? Huh? Yeah, he, he was looking for answers in, in the right place. And one of the things that stops so many crippled people from experiencing a turnaround 
is they put themselves in a wrong environment. Happens all the time. People get depressed, they get crippled, they get hurt, they get, they get wounded, they get offended, they get done wrong. And the next thing you know, they, they put themselves in a wrong environment. And can I tell you something? When you're in the wrong environment, you won't find the right answers. Wrong environments don't produce right answers. And yet somehow people think that I can put myself in a wrong environment and somehow this wrong environment will produce the right answers, but it doesn't work that way. And what I like about this man was that he was crippled, but he kept putting himself in the right environment because the right environment is key to experiencing a turnaround. This man was crippled, but still went to church. I want you to hear me right now. You can be crippled and still come to church. Well, I could preach right there a long time. You can be crippled and still come to church. Matter of fact, when you're crippled, coming to church, coming to God's house and God's presence with God's people is the best place you can be. I want you to know that this church is a place where you can come crippled, you can come hurting, you can come broken, you can come lonely, you can come addicted, you can come isolated. I want you to know that this is the right environment, is to come to the right place where God's presence is. Can I tell you that in a place like this, this is where miracles happen. This is where turnarounds happen. And this man went to the temple every day until something finally happened. He just went day after day after day after day until something finally happened. Can I tell you, sometimes you have to just keep going until something happens. That's for somebody right now. You've got to just keep going until something happens. Keep putting yourself in the right environment. Keep praying, keep loving, keep coming to church, keep being faithful, keep worshiping, keep pressing on. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Just keep being faithful until something happens. And he just kept putting himself in the right environment day after day after day. I want you to see a second key to a turnaround, a second key, and that is this expect something to happen. Expect something to happen. Notice in Acts 3 and verse 5, it says, so the man gave them his attention. Expecting. Everybody shout expecting. Come on, even online right there in your living room. Come on, shout expecting. Come on now, expecting to get something from them. Now, he was expecting to get some moolah. Some cash, some money. But what I like about this man is that he was expecting something to happen. And friends, a major key to experiencing a turnaround is you have to expect something to happen and not something bad. Some of you need some help. I mean, all you expect is the worst. Some of you here, I mean, you just expect the worst to happen. You wake up every day and you just expect, expect bad things. Well, I'm just telling you, Pastor, I just, I, if you just knew, I'm just, I just, life's hard. I just, I'm telling you, I'm going to get fired from my job tomorrow. I just know. <laughs> I just know. Well, is that, did your boss tell you that? No, I just know, though. I just, I just got a feeling. I just, 
I'll tell you, I don't, my marriage probably won't last another year. Did your spouse tell you they were going to leave? No, I just, I just know. I just, nobody loves me. I just, I just, yeah, I just got a tune up last week and car tuned all up. And I, I know it's going to break down next week though. I'm already, I've been calling rental car places just to check. I just, I just, life's hard. I just, my kids are going to go from bad to worse. They're just. They're my baby's kids. They don't die. They multiply. I just, I just know. I just, I just know. It's bad. I just, I know. I just, I just started college this semester, and I know I'm gonna flunk out. I mean, I know it's the first week. I know, but I just, I'm gonna flunk. I know, I know, I know. School just started, and I'm in high school, and I just, I just know I'm not gonna do good. It's gonna be bad. It's, I'm just, I just, I'm gonna be sick. I just know I'm gonna get sick. I'm gonna get the flu. I know I'm gonna get the flu. I just, I, I hate when it gets cold because I'm going to get the flu. I'm just, I'm going to get, I'm going to die. Yeah, you probably are. You're going to die. <laughs> so some people, they, 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 they always expect the worst. And, and, then, and, then, and then some other people, they expect nothing. I, I can't figure out what's, what's, what's worst. Some people expect nothing. Some people come to church crippled and broken and hurting their life in shambles. And they come and they hear songs of worship and praise. They hear teaching. They're in a place uh, of where the anointing and, and God's power is. And they expect nothing. They expect just to leave the same way they came. I'm just going to come to the temple and I'm going to leave again the same way. And they expect nothing. And I tell you that expecting, expecting is key to experiencing a turnaround. Can I tell you what Satan, our spiritual enemy, wants to do? He wants to rob you of hoping. He wants to rob you of expecting. He wants to rob you from believing God for a turnaround because our spiritual enemy understands the importance of hope and the importance of faith and the importance of expecting and believing God to show up in our life. And he would love to rob you of your hope today. Here's what the Bible says about, about hope and expecting and believing. It's so key for a turnaround in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number one. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. You see, faith, faith is being sure of what we hope for, but what we're hoping for, we don't see it yet. Yeah, we're still broke, busted, and disgusted, and crippled, but we got some hope. And we're believing for what we can't see yet. That, that's what it is. That's what faith is all about. Can I ask you a question? I know you're crippled, but what are you hoping for? I, I realize you're crippled, but what are you expecting? What do you believe in God to do in your life? I hear your Wiley post. I, I hear your reasoning. I hear you. I don't have an education. I've been to prison. I'm depressed. I lost my eye. But what are you hoping for? What are you hoping for today? One of my goals today and my assignment, I feel, is to encourage your heart today. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will cause faith to arise in your heart today and hope to arise. Some of you got your head hung low. Your shoulders are shrugged over. You look defeated. I'm telling you, what are you hoping for today? What are you hoping for? It's key. You got to expect. You got to hope. Let me give you another example of the importance of, of hoping and expecting and believing. Matthew chapter 9. 
Verse 27 says, as Jesus went out, went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked him, asked them, do you believe? Jesus asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Their response, these blind men, yes, Lord. Let me ask you, get your situation in your mind the crippledness, the brokenness, the hurt. Do you believe that God is able to do this? Do you believe that God is able to do this? It's my hope that you will respond like these two blind men. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I, I know it's impossible. I know I'm blind. I know I'm crippled. Yes, I believe. Verse 29, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, Will it be done to you? Expecting, hoping, believing God is key for a turnaround. Let me give you one more example, one more example of, of how critical it is that you expect, you believe, you hope. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. And had, and, and, and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Anybody ever been there before? Uh, when you've tried everything, you know what to try, and it still gets worse instead of getting better. Come on, anybody been there? Huh? You're still coming to church, but it's getting worse instead of getting better. You hear messages like this, and you're like, I guess it's getting worse still, you know? And she's paying all this money out and all these doctors, all these educated doctors who know medicine and know cures. And, and she's getting worse instead of better. And verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, well, that'll preach. When she heard about Jesus, she heard about the Messiah. She heard about the son of God. She heard about this man that was opening up blinded eyes, who was unstopping deaf ears, who was raising the dead. And she heard about Jesus and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, or in other words, she hoped, she believed if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Can I tell you, that lady was healed expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles and this lady she was bleeding for 12 years it would not stop there appeared to be no hope she had spent all of her money on doctors looking for answers but she was not better she was worse and she heard about Jesus she said she heard he was able she heard he had the power yet she was still in her condition she was still crippled she was still hurting but she said if I can just touch Jesus if I can somehow get to Jesus, she said, I don't have to grab his leg. I don't need a conversation with him. Let me just touch his clothes. She reached out in faith, hoping, expecting. And that day, that lady received a turnaround. Do you believe God is able? I said, do you believe God is able? Do you believe God is able? In your situation, he's able, he's able, he's able. Number three is this. There, there's a third key to a turnaround. Number three is this. Get up. Get up. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now. Come on, little audience. Come on, turn. They say, get up. Get up. Come on, come on. Come on, turn to your other neighbor. Turn. Come on, find somebody. Say, get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Quit wallowing around and crying and get up. Quit making excuses and get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. I want you to see this in spite of the odds. 
this crippled man got up. Here, the Bible says something very interesting. Notice this. It says this. It says that Peter reached down and he grabbed him by his right hand. Now, this does not make any logical sense. In our reasoning, this doesn't make sense. This man's crippled. He is so crippled, people have to carry him to the temple. He can't walk himself. He can't move. He didn't have the activity of his limbs, of his legs. He can't. He's crippled. They have to carry him. And Peter reaches out and grabs him with the right hand. Notice the Bible didn't say Peter grabbed him underneath his arms and lifted him up. Because that's what's make, that makes logical sense. You mean he had to reach out his right hand and begin to pull his own self up? Yeah, it would make more sense to me if at least he grabbed him with both hands. But one hand? That didn't make any, any sense. You mean, Peter, you want me to do something in this deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me your right hand. Now, I don't want both. You know, if I'm him, I'm, I might have went like this. I don't think so. I can't walk. I mean, how's this going to work? I'm going I'm to look stupid. Everybody come to the temple. I'm going to look goofy. I'm not giving you one hand. But he reached out his hand. That man did his part. And can I tell you what keeps so many people from experiencing a turnaround? Is they won't do their part. They expect God to do everything. Lord, you better just do it, Lord. I mean, Lord, now if you want to and if it's your will, I'm just going to lay in bed, Jesus. And you know, I know you're able. The pastor said you're able. No, 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 no. You got to do your part. Your part may be repenting from sin. Your part may be spiritually. You need to start praying. You need to start worshiping. You need to start reading the Bible. You need to be committed to the house of God and the church. Your, your part, you're doing your part, getting yourself in the right environment, leaving some bad environments, maybe leaving some unwholesome friendships, leaving people pulling you in a negative direction. You, you, have, to, you have to do your part. Your, your, your part. your part may be turning in your job application. I don't know why they won't hire me. Well, you haven't turned in your application. <laughs> you got to, got to fill that thing out. I just, you, well, you got to do your part. Come on, you have, to, you have to ask her out on the date. Come on, Lord, I want to get married. You know I want to be married. Lord, I just, you know, oh, God, I think she's pretty. She seems so godly. I just, Lord, Lord, if it's your will, put her number in my mind. <laughs> nah, brah, nah. Not gonna work like that. Uh-uh. You got you gotta do your part. Your part may be stop spending more than you're making. You got God, I want you to show up in this arena of my life. And, and, and God said, Yeah, yeah, I want to, but you spend more than you make every month. And God, God, you have to do your part. Your part may be getting to work on time. I just don't know why they won't give me no raise. I just I don't understand. I'm here every day. Yeah, 10 minutes late, leave 25 minutes early and take an hour and a half lunch break. Yeah, I hear you. You got to work hard. Show up on time. Do your part. Maybe your part is confessing an addiction to somebody. I'm addicted. I need help. You may be going to rehab. Say, I, need, I need help. I need a turnaround. You got to do your part, your part may be going to marriage counseling. Not just laying in bed, Lord, if you want the marriage to work, you just do something. No, no, no. Your part may be, your part may be, let's, let's do what it takes. Let's go get some counseling. Let's go get some help. You got to do your part. Your part may be spending some time with your kids. They're going haywire. They're going crazy. And you can't wonder why I'm bringing them to church. I'm praying for them. But they need you. 
They may need your time. They may need your investment. They need you to invest in them spiritually. They're craving for attention. They're craving for love. And they're looking in the wrong places. And perhaps for your kids, it's not just prayer and bringing them to church, but it's, it's you. It's, it's you doing your part. You see, at some point, you have to go from deliberating to action. At some point, you got to go from thinking about it to making a decision and say, I'm going to get up no more. I'm getting up. You got to do your part. And friends, when you don't do what you can do, you miss out on experiencing what God can do. But when you and I do what we can do, then we experience only what God can do. Let me show this to you. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 7. Taking him by the right hand. Now, now I would think now the, the, he, he had to get healed right there when he touched hands because, I mean, this guy can't. I mean, is, is, is this going to really work? But taking him by the right hand, he didn't get healed then. He helped him up. And instantly, when Peter was starting to help him up, and that, that, that man was trying to get instantly, when he did his part, the power of God showed up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankle bones became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Friends, can I tell you that when you do your part, God shows up and does his part. And God began to give this man the ability to do what he had never been able to do before. He didn't know what it was to walk. He didn't know what it was to stand. But the power of God showed up in his life. He had been crippled. Now he's walking. I bet you're walking bad too. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, man, I'm just like, I mean, man, he can walk. He can walk. Then it goes on to say, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You see, when this man received his turnaround from God, he didn't go to the house and just leave God alone. He got his turnaround, the Bible says. He went to the temple, got inside the temple and started jumping and leaping and praising God. Thank you for my turnaround. Thank you for showing up in my life. Thank you for helping me, Lord. And, and it's so critical. It's so critical that when we're in the valley of life, we stay faithful to God. And it's critical when we're on the mountaintop and we're jumping and saying, thank you, Lord, you turned my life around, that we continue to go to the temple and give him praise and give him honor in the valley. And on the mountaintop, he was at the temple. Verse number nine, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. Did you catch this? They recognized. Is that the same man who used to be begging at the temple gate called Beautiful? Is that him? Is that drunk Larry? Really? You, you, you're lying. Tony got a job. Really? You've been there six months? You're, you're kidding me. You're quick. You've you got to be. You say Shaquilla's at church? She's not on them drugs? What? You lying. People saw him walking, praising God. They recognized him as same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate crippled and they were filled with wonder and amusement 
at what happened to him. Other people were affected by his turnaround. And when God shows up and touches your life, it's not just for you. So many other people are going to be affected, are going to be changed, are going to be impacted by your turnaround. God takes our mess and turns it into a miracle. He takes our test and turns it into a testimony. And lives are impacted. Some of you right now, you're crippled, you're crippled, you're crippled, you're crippled, you're crippled. And you feel like you're ready to give up. Because you look at where you are and you don't like it. But everyone who got where he is has had to begin right where he was. Right, right, right where you are. Everybody who got to where he is had to begin right where he was. I'm talking to somebody. Get up. Get up. There's a turnaround. In Jesus' 